It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back. Howdy, friends. You are probably excited to find your ears being graced with the lovely sound of the one and only Rednecks Rising podcast, the anti-capitalist, anti-fascist, anti-racist Appalachian podcast where our radical politics manifest as speaking our truth, healing the world from the inside out, and harnessing power through discomfort and vulnerability. It is so, so good to be back with you to launch what we'll just consider to be the second season of the show after a much longer hiatus than any of us could have ever anticipated or hoped for, including myself. We are back on the up and up, on the grind, making our way out of burnout and finding our people and our center again, and it's good to be back. It's been a while, so for those of you who might have forgotten by now, my name is Chelsea. I'm a social worker, a proud Appalachian, a mom, a cosmic space witch, a community organizer, and most importantly, I am your host for this ride through the rabbit holes of time and space hidden throughout these ancient mountains and the people residing here. My hope is that in this second season of the show, we'll be able to continue on the path that we set out upon during our first 20-some-odd episodes together, with an eye even more so this time around for synthesizing our organizing efforts and our wisdom, putting our feet on the ground and putting what we learn into action, and then sharing that with each other, and synthesizing those efforts with our supplemental efforts to heal ourselves and show up as whole human beings and how we leverage that healing and that showing up and that human beingness as a radical act of organizing and resistance and how we connect with our internal power so that we can build external power 
towards shared liberation. So it's a big mission for this second season, but we'll see where it takes us. Today's episode is brought to you by Daily Meditation, and I am not even joking. It is also brought to you by HaywoodButtPrints.com and by the Harvest Full Moon in Aries. In this episode, I sit down with two of my friends, collaborators, co-conspirators, and trans neighbors, Max and Hill, to kick off this season with some juicy tea about the organizing work that's been happening here in Haywood County. The three of us were brought together by shenanigans that were happening in our local community, catalyzed by transphobia and alt-right conspiracy theories. After organizing together and showing up to a town hall where hundreds of our neighbors came out in support of queer and trans folks, we have since been catapulted into a beautiful journey of divine collective creation of the community that we want to see, that we want to live in. During our conversation, Max touches on anxiety in activism and pushing through that experience and how activism can be healing to our inner child. Hill shares the trauma experienced growing up queer in rural Appalachia and how stepping into the power of speaking their truth was a moment to expand beyond that trauma and reclaim their narrative. We talk about how local action is where all change starts and where it becomes manifest all the way through the global scale. Our conversation is vulnerable, it's raw, and as a heads up, a trigger warning, it touches on subjects like transphobia, gender dysphoria, violence towards queer and trans folks, and trauma. Please be mindful of this content when choosing to continue with listening to this episode. I hope that our conversation will help shed light on the ways that solidarity and organizing at its most simplest, basic, foundational form is just a matter of showing up again and again and again for ourselves and for each other even when we're tired and even when it's uncomfortable, that any of us can show up at any time and that it's up to all of us to show up whenever we can, no matter our education, our background, our story. I hope that you walk away and start to explore and find the people around you and start to do the holy co-conspirating co-conspiring <laughs> in your own haulers across the mountain range after listening to this episode. If you listen and like what you hear, you can always show your support for the show by throwing in a few bucks over on the Ko-Fi page, which is kind of like a Patreon, only a little different. And some folks call it coffee. I call it Ko-Fi and that's spelled K-O like knockout hyphen F-I dot com slash rednecks rising your contributions help keep this podcast alive and also go towards causes on the ground in appalachia another great way to show your support that is totally free is to like and or subscribe and or review the show on whatever platform that you use to listen and follow us on social media we are rednecks rising on basically all social platforms All right, let's jump right in.
Um, so thanks for being here, Max and Hill. Um, super excited to have y'all. And uh, to get us started, I'm going to kick it over to Max so you can tell us about who you are and who you're talking to today. So I'm Max. I'm only leaving my last name out because the fact that it's really easy to find me. Um, <laughs> you'll, it's, Within the community, it's pretty easy to find because I make at least friends with everybody. But we gotta leave my last name out of this. <laughs> um, but I moved up to this area um, over in Cullowhee, actually. I went to Western um, in 2016, but I'm originally from Raleigh. I don't know, I've been fighting for some right, some description of equal rights everywhere that I've lived. So in Raleigh, I used to do work fighting for when HB2 was coming out because I lived 10 minutes down the road from okay. the Capitol building. Oh my God. Why not? What? Oh, just 10 minutes from the Capitol building. That's crazy. Like, if you hit it at the right time, if you hit Capitol Boulevard, it is a 45 minute drive. Uh oh my. Hendersonville Road in Asheville is comparable to Raleigh traffic description. Um, but I was fighting with um, HRC at the time when I was in high school, pushing back on HB2 and just helping point out that this is the damage that the bill is causing. Just a super quick intermission here for those who aren't familiar with HB2 also notoriously known as North Carolina's bathroom bill. It was a sweeping law that was passed by the North Carolina State Legislature in a one day specially convened session in March of 2016. It aimed to and did reverse and prevent municipal ordinances that were extending rights to gay and transgender folks. And it declared the state's official stance that protections from discrimination did not legally extend to cover discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. It rightfully caused a huge ruckus and folks like Max and the Human Rights Campaign let the state ledge have it. And ultimately a bunch of really important sports ball games and championships were pulled out of Charlotte and North Carolina and it cost the state a bunch of money, and eventually the law was, for the most part, overturned. Back to the show. Even before that, I was fighting my high school for gender-neutral bathrooms because our private school was two stacks of an L-shaped building, two gendered, locked, faculty-only stalls on each mm -hmm. floor. So that's eight bathrooms that anyone could have access to. And the way we presented it was like, hey, there are people in this high school who don't like changing in the locker rooms or the bathrooms. Literally anyone could agree to that statement, did not need to make it queer related. Um, but I've been, I moved up to Western and then worked through Saga, their LGBT organization. At the time I was at Western, I was working with Saga and we got the queer prom that Western now has and the buildings for Silva Pride. I think we did Silva Pride while I was still at Western. 
we had gotten that off the ground. But eventually dropped out because, oh no, because studying to be a paramedic and during the pandemic, not going to work. So now being in Asheville in a, what many would perceive as a queer left-leaning echo chamber bubble type of atmosphere because we're artsy and all this other stuff that's associated with left-leaning anything. I've just started to try to dive into smaller communities of shit where who needs the most help and like how can I use my voice? I'm trans mask is the best way to put it because recently I've had a discovery um, that transitioning 100% to be male, not the vibe. Don't identify with any other kind of label. So the way I describe my gender is about as much money Mattel invested in making Ken a boy's toy. <laughs> like, once you say that, I feel like it's a pretty easy description of like, if you need to label me non-binary to make it more sense in your head fine but like i perceive my gender kind of as a joke i've transitioned far enough it's all an illusion if we're just being (laughs) honest um so just so that i can make sure that i am respectful what pronouns do you prefer i use he they and like i kind of shrug it off i also just tell people like as long as you don't see me as female in any way shape or form we gucci Fair. Like, that's about where I'm at. (laughs) So your, like, lifelong journey of using your voice and taking action politically or community-based in the ways that you've described with HB2 and your school, et cetera, like, was that, where did that come from? Like, how did you, what, like, I don't feel like that's something that, like, all kids are just, like, yes, I'm going to stick up for myself and for others. And like, I'm going to make change. So just like, where did that come from? So it was from the fact that I, in high school, was ranked pretty high up within the top five, typically of cross country and track, like distance track. But I was competing on the women's team. So I didn't actually like fully have the language until I was a sophomore in high school. I knew things were off by like third grade because I was having dreams about the new girl. And then everybody started calling me a lesbian. And because I was in third grade, I didn't understand why everybody was calling me the number seven. (laughs) I think there may have been some undiagnosed something. The wholesomeness. Um, (laughs) Like, I remember going to my parents and being like, I'm the number seven and I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) And like, my dad worked at the school, so he was able to like, hear it from the teachers and was like, no, I don't get it. Also, they're in third grade, like, leave it alone. Because maybe they thought thespian. Mm. But competing on the women's team and also having a gender identity crisis in high school that's a primarily rich white population my graduating class for size reference is was like 110 so not small by any means but like i didn't graduate with 400 people and not know a quarter of them 
there were in my graduating class there were 33 of us who had been together since kindergarten mm-hmm. it was very the, similar in silva at smoky mountain yeah like but it was the school because it was a private school so it was pre-k through 12 so you have grown up through this system and i was going to school there because like i said my dad worked there we got major discount and like even at a young age, I was aware of the fact that my parents did not have a lot of money when they went through their divorce. As an adult now, realizing that my favorite snack at five years old with my mom was to make bean and cheese quesadillas while also eating cold beans out of the can, that was a mom just trying to feed her kid. To Mm. the kid me, it was like heaven. It was fucking heaven. This is so cool. (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) <laughs> with my can of like, beans <laughs> mom's letting me use the big kid spoon and I'm eating <laughs> a can of beans mm. um, sorry my dog just decided that her 90 pound self needed to push the sliding door out of the way by going through the middle <laughs> so we open our own just, doors I'm just trying to make sure she doesn't break our door while recording <laughs> <laughs> okay, she figured it out. She just didn't need that $200 repair. Um, but in, once in high school, I had to identify as a woman to compete. But with my friends and like chosen family that I was building, I was seen as a male. Like I, was, I could introduce myself like as a guy. And they just went along with it and were fine with it. I actually had... I had to put off medically transitioning because I had gotten a scholarship for running to Western. Oh, that's awesome. So I literally had to agree with my dad by the time he and I sat down and talked about it, that I wasn't going to do anything because we couldn't afford to lose the scholarship. Um, so it was easy to pass it off as like ally. Yeah, of course. Um, And I think once I started to be able to medically transition and like started passing better, I went, okay, so now this is how society perceives me. I literally have the experience of white male privilege. Mm -hmm. Why not make them think while I'm at it Mm -hmm. of like, why not push back with, okay, then malicious compliance. Tell me, tell me Mm -hmm. I must pee with your wife. (laughs) like i think that's where i've gotten to is like it's very easy to say it for one side of the argument but as soon as you push the other one everybody's like well uh, uh, what do you mean yeah that's that's along the lines of the comment that you made at the the town hall right yeah yeah like it It's hard to describe, like, Mm -hmm. the feeling that I had at that town hall just because if you aren't used to thinking about it, then it's not totally going to make sense. But, like, I'm doing what teenager me wished I could Mm. of, like, being perceived as a masculine figure in society because, like, Mm. the nuances of what non-binary could mean is not going to fit with the people who aren't willing to sit down and learn about it. 
So why not the mask, like the masculine side that I had, I need to see in the mirror. Why not throw that in everybody's face and just kind of go, but what if? Mm -hmm. Almost healing, like empowering. It sounds like to be able to not just reclaim it, but like Mm -hmm. leverage it for like powerful means. Oh, I, it, this sounds, (laughs) this sounds so gross. I, love using it to my advantage in the right ways Mm -hmm. of like i right now am helping a co-worker who's only 18 and has found out that she is owed wages oh but is not being paid out those wages fairly of like how to communicate that in a respectful way that two other white males will read it the way you want it to be read Mm mm-hmm in this conversation and she's like how do you understand all this i'm like you have to remember i was socially perceived as woman um for 19 years until the hormones really kicked in like i have seen both sides of this coin and i am telling you this is the easiest way to trip up the white man Mm. (laughs) it's like a covert operation my wife and i talk about (laughs) my wife and i talk about our homestead and i'm like you know if we do a farm to table business and list the business as an llc everything we buy for the homestead is a tax deduction because the rich white man wrote it that way oh genius Mm. i love that (laughs) Mm. while we're working on changing the system why not bend the system to work the same way (laughs) exactly change it by the way like that we interact with it yeah hill why don't you tell us about yourself Okay, so I have been born and raised here my whole life. Um, So I've grown up in uh, this area with being out since I was 16, um, openly out at a Christian school uh, that I went to from, again, the private school of K to 12. So I completely get that. Oh my gosh, y'all are parallel <laughs> paths. Wow. Yeah, I was listening to your story That's and I was insane. like, oh man, we are so similar. Um, like I graduated with <laughs> a valedictorian, <laughs> which is great, but it was out of a class of five. <laughs> oh my. Wow. Five? Five people. I have the graduation photos. There's just five people. It had to be the shortest graduation for everyone. Um, it was it was an insane time. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. But growing up gay here was the hardest thing. It was like, I mean, Asheville was my saving grace. Mm-hmm. I could go to Asheville and hold hands with my girlfriends or find queer related stuff that was really easy to find compared to the rest of the world. Um, while you cross the county lines over into Haywood County, and it was like a completely different world. Um, I've unfortunately faced a lot of traumatic stuff being gay uh, openly um, and discovering myself and realizing I'm not just gay, um, that I am non-binary and I am pansexual and I'm not even monogamous anymore, that I'm also polyamorous. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been a journey. I'm right now 30 years old. Um, but a little 16 year old me would hopefully be really proud of where I'm at now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you, I have this, these just distinct memories of being 
like in fifth, sixth, seventh grade and like escaping mm-hmm. to the Asheville Mall. Like that yes. was the place. <laughs> that this was is where I fit in. That is where you go. And it, um, I remember being 16 and being able to drive and I had this super beat up blue era star van that like my parents gave me. So I would load my friends into this van and we would go just mall hopping because um, that's what you did. I mean, it was 2006, 2008 that time and the malls were hopping. That's what you did. But now, unfortunately, it's not so true. Um, and also we are very similar uh, Max because I also went to Western Carolina University but I um, graduated in 2016 instead of going there in 2016 so I did a lot of advocacy stuff there with their um, LGBT group and even did like an interview for some of the classes there Um, I talked about my experiences of being gay because at that time like I remember in 2016 I got married which I didn't think I could ever get married so I remember being on the western campus like I guess it was 2014, 2015, it's so hard to remember, whenever we were able to get married, it was life-changing for me, because growing up, you thought, I'm never going to be able to get married to the woman I love, because it's not allowed, it's, we're going to have to go to, like, Massachusetts or something, and then it was federally passed, and I just remember crying to my, like, girlfriend at the time, just so excited. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't even a conversation for the first, like, eight nine years of our childhood I'm almost the exact same age as you Hill and like the first mm-hmm. eight or nine years of our child around here it's like marriage equality same-sex relationships at all is like not even a conversation and then when it finally did become a conversation it was like hell no absolutely no. not why would we exactly. support that yeah mm-hmm it was difficult growing up, but I'm happy where we're at now and kind of tying into later. Um, I've been really impressed recently with how things have gone, um, except for unfortunately, like the three laws that have just uh, passed in around August um, with transgender, like sports and things like that. Uh, that's a little heart dampering, but other than that, like the support from town hall was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to tie together, I mean, what you're talking about, like on the state level, we've got these like attacks being passed against Mm -hmm. our trans kids, our trans neighbors. Um, And what we're going to tell the story of here in a second is this town hall that we keep mentioning where Mm -hmm. there was uh, attempted attacks and and really some landed attacks on our Mm -hmm. trans neighbors. And Mm -hmm. um I think one thing that I'm like really hoping folks will hear is just like the importance of this kind of goes to like what you have been describing, Max, and like the way that you um, leverage your identity and the way that you're perceived in the world, like the way that our smallest interactions and like focusing on the here and the local community and like our neighborly relationships and how we show up for each other is actually what is going to be planting the seeds for like these bigger legislations that may or may not pass depending on like how we do or do not show up. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I want to like specifically refer to is so Mark Pless is um, a name that 
I might have mentioned on the podcast before. I can't remember how specific I've been, but um, he was a former county commissioner of Haywood County. So local government official and is just redacted, 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 redacted. Um, very not nice words. Um, how you can Google uh, and find the um, charges that were pressed against him for domestic violence. Mm. Um, and it, he basically championed the movement that we now see locally against like our unsheltered folks, our folks struggling with addiction. Um, and then went on to run and win a seat on the state legislature where we now see these horrible bills coming through. Right. Yeah. And so paying yeah. attention and like knowing who's making decisions on a local level, inevitably, I think it has a much bigger effect in a lot of ways than like paying attention to the headlines about like global war and catastrophe that is so far beyond mm -hmm. the scope of our control and impact right here. Um, Sorry, that was a little bit of a ADHD side tangent, but. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. They are welcome. <laughs> I guess yeah, that brings us to the story a little bit um, about like how we got brought together, what the town hall situation um, that brought us here. And I would I would actually love to defer to y'all, uh, whoever wants to jump in to just kind of like describe what happened as if you're telling someone who has no idea. Ooh, um, I don't mind leaving that conversation. Um, so I know, uh, the person that was involved and it, it, it's been a ride for them, um, for certain. And it's like, how would I describe the situation if, so if no one knows, so anyone listening, um, if you don't know what happened, uh, there was a person who entered the Waynesville rec center, um, and they were perceived um, female at the desk, I assume. And then uh, what had happened was, where do I start? God, I know, so that's the hard part. <laughs> oh, let's, let's, start, let's start with what actually happened. So um, instead of their story that I know very well from what they've told me, um, let's start with Jess Scott. So Jess Scott posted this Facebook post that was just awful, um, claiming that there was a man changing in the woman's locker room and that they exposed themselves to his kids. And he posted that on Facebook. Now, if you actually had a situation where your child was supposedly exposed, what would you do? You wouldn't go to Facebook and immediately start a witch hunt. You would, you know, talk to the facility manager. You would go to the police department. You would file a report. Like, and also the first thing you would do 
negating all that, you would talk to your kids. You would be like, hey, like, what exactly happened? Can you explain this to me? Like, um, uh, maybe there was a miscommunication. Uh, maybe there wasn't. Um, instead of just jumping right on Facebook and being like, there's a man in the woman's locker room, like, exposing mm -hmm. themselves to kids. And, and you imagine this big, burly, you know, SOB coming in. <laughs> like, and that's not the case at all. Um, so with that, the person that Harvey I know, Weinstein himself walked into the God. Room at God. No, no, Donald Trump, Donald Trump himself to judge yes. the Miss America, the Miss USA, Miss America, Uni Miss Universe, whatever go. it is. Goodness gracious. Like it was, it was a ride. And so that post got spread from there. Um, and it just blew up. Uh, Anyone and I think were... who's listening who lives in a small town knows how Facebook works. Like it, it is like, oh, this controversial seed has been planted. The fire is now completely ignited. Yeah. And you have people comment like, I'm going to shoot somebody if they, you know, talk to my daughters in the bathroom like that or you know the stuff like that and and then you had joey reese who's running for mayor be like calling this person an it uh and i'm god so there's a lot there to unpack we could unpack that whole facebook post in an entire con like go through like psychoanalyze that entire facebook post for a whole podcast yeah. if we wanted to um but uh, so that spread like wildfire. Um, we also heard that a lot of conservatives in the area, mainly from the Haywood happenings, um, like concerned citizens, quote unquote, which is really seems like a hate group. The more you read into it, um, they were going to go to the Waynesville town council meeting and they were going to give it to them and show them that there shouldn't be men in the women's locker room. And, you know, whenever people first hear that, especially people who might be more uneducated or who are not as sensitive to LGBT stuff. I mean, it sounds like a good idea. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you don't want your kids to be exposed to this. Like, yeah, let's go support this. But in reality, that's not what happened at all. Um, and it also, there was some confusion because uh, the person who was actually involved got like misinterpreted for, of course, Jane Doe, who was just another transgender person using the facilities there early in the morning. So the police did a great job investigating everything first off. But um, after that post went viral, um, that it sported uh, another woman who said, I was in the sauna with this person to file a police report. And after that police report, uh, got filed they started to investigate and see what happened and then they found this Jane Doe character uh, who was a trans woman walk in ask the desk hey I'm a trans woman where do I use the bathroom and she never even went into the female locker room the entire time of her stay she enjoyed her stay so much that she came back and bought a membership the next day like she was just enjoying herself the whole time um, and not uh, suspecting that all this negative publicity was around her. So bless her for staying Jane Doe. I love that the police department never released her name or never did anything like that. But they released these findings in the official PR statement saying that there was no evidence of this locker room incident. There, There's no evidence pointing to this. Well, we had the town hall meeting where tons of people came out in support of Jane Doe and in support of 
wanting these negative and outrageous claims to be put to rest and show that LGBT is welcome in Waynesville. Um, and that was huge. But then after that, Jess Scott then was like, oh, no, no, I read the police, the PR report, re uh, press release, and there was, uh, no, no, my family went in the afternoon, not the morning. So God forbid there's another transgender person in Haywood County who used the Waynesville Rec Center the same day. So after that, uh, the person I, I know of, they uh, went to the rec center that afternoon. Um, they did not talk to the desk about which bathroom that they should use um, because at the time they were perceived as female. They were wearing female clothes, like a dress. They were, um, you know, cleanly, sh uh, like clean shaven. They did not appear as a man. They didn't do anything like that. Um, they were very much female looking and they went into the female locker room um, where apparently they were explaining to me there were these two girls that were just staring at them the whole time that they had wore their swimsuit, their bikini underneath their clothes going into the locker room itself. Um, and typically whenever you would do that, you would just shank off your clothes there because your bathing suit's already on and you'd go onto the pool. Um, but unfortunately, uh, these girls were staring so hard that they had revealed to me that they'd went to the, uh like changing room just to change out of their clothes on top just to reveal their swimsuit because they didn't want to make these girls feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and so then they went onto the pool. They apparently had a great time. They had no issues. And then uh, the town hall happened and they saw and read and was like, Oh no, this is me. Like this is who it is. And uh, this is what happened. So when Jess Scott was like oh no it's not the morning transgender person it's the afternoon transgender person they were actually contacted by the Waynesville police and settled that very easily because their uh license still said female on it so mm -hmm. um so a female used the female bathroom god what a crime and this is all sparked from just scott and his hateful rhetoric but in a way it's kind of interesting and good how it brought us all together for that Waynesville uh, town council meeting. And that's where I met you, Chels, and where I met Max. And um, I really liked what you guys had to say. And I spoke at the town meeting as well. Um, I was the first one up, and that was that was scary. I just remember after speaking and then going back to the chair, and Chels, you held my hand, and I was like, I don't even know this woman, but she gave me her hand, and I felt so confident to take it. Like, so that was a powerful thing, but I will end my rant there. But that's basically what happened to someone who does not know. Ah, gorgeous, gorgeous overview. Max, anything you want to add? Like, for me... <clears throat> The way I fell into it was because we are displaced from it being 30 minutes away. Um, we're outside of that immediate bubble. There is family within Waynesville that like I care about and within our community, like family can mean anything, but I care enough because I know that Asheville is safe enough for right now like i understand the bigger city workings and having lived in Kaluuya silva 
being in Waynesville a good amount of time out of the year, like I miss the small town feeling. And once we had heard about it, I was just kind of like, I can't, I can't just sit by and like not go say something, not go be there. Um, so I went to the town hall and how'd you decided, hear about it? Um, I heard about it through my wife and we had also seen it through Facebook because you're right. Like Facebook, especially in this area, any kind of collection of small towns, Facebook is a really great place to pay attention to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we don't, it, we don't care about the famous people. We need to know about what this one person is posting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We need the juicy gossip from the Haywood happenings page. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just love looking at it because the terminology is like so hilariously off that it almost fits. Like one of my favorite things is like, I love throwing it at conservative people being trans because then they're like, you'll never be a woman. I'm like, thank you. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> checkmate. Ha ha. Um, so I heard about it through Facebook, through my wife and we just, we went, no, got to pop down. I've I've stood up and spoken about it. I pushed back when I was at Western. I pushed back on the um, shit, the residential director because I knew that it was a public university. We can't go by anything other than biological sex on paper when it comes to dorm rooms. I was more pushing for access to single mm. the mm. single bat the single dorms. Like in uh, up in Reynolds and shit, mm-hmm. yo or Noble, the new building that they slapped in there. That top layer is all private rooms. Mm. Oh, so I was like, you know what? I know that I'm gonna lose this, but at least it'll point it out. Of like, there is ways to make to like accommodate for us. So it's like I wanted to go to the town hall just to say, you know, again, malicious compliance. If this is truly what you want then you have to let me do the exact same until paperwork is changed. Cause I have that issue of like, if I am in a men's bathroom and I'm clocked, the, I, I don't have the hail Mary of my driver's license. Yeah. So I just went because I knew I had a big voice and maybe I don't have the right wording to have the right opinion to appeal to that to a specific demographic of audience, but I'm at least willing to say it and throw it out there. So mm-hmm. somebody can like pivot off of it and maybe explain it in a better way for it to be more digestible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ask? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, uh, Max. Like, cause it's, it doesn't have resistance. Doesn't always have to be like physical fights, but it's just about like turning it on somebody is like okay and like in improv, yes and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> keep going. See how deep you dig the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, working with the energy instead of just trying to stand like firm in once in like one way of being or approaching like what they're. Um, at some point, they're going to put themselves at a dead end. Yeah, exactly. 
Hill, I'm so curious. So especially given your experience with um, a lot of trauma or hurt um, related to your sexuality and your gender growing up here, it would have made total sense to me for you to not speak up at the town hall yeah, and to like not put yourself out there because yeah. that's very courageous. And so I'm just wondering what what inspired you to like step into that moment? So there were two main reasons. One uh, that was most close to me was uh, is my boyfriend is trans mask as well. So they are transitioning hormones. They've already had their top surgery. Um, they are presenting male and I love them dearly. So I was like, I need to be their voice because they, I talked to them and I was like, honey, I really feel that I need to speak on this because I know they're super anxious. They're this little ball of anxiety sometimes. And I was like, I want you to know that I support you and I support the community um, because being non-binary, I feel like a lot of times we do get looked over sometimes um, because it's like, we're not choosing one gender or the other, like a binary gender to choose from. Um, and I wanted uh, my community to feel that support. So, and I also knew the person that was involved in this. So I was like, I want to stand up for them too. Um, so speaking was super important to me and I am very fortunate and blessed that I have a communications degree where public relations was my uh, forte and focus in that. Uh, so speech writing is what I wanted to go into. So I haven't flexed those muscles since 2016 and I decided to flex them that day and it was a really inspiring situation that's why the whole time i'm just crying and shaking because this is such a powerful message um i just remember saying that like we exist and we're not going anywhere and do not murder or harm us like it, it, it we shouldn't have to beg and plead for that but after that just scott post it just felt so powerful that i was like this needs to be said mm -hmm. um so that's what happened it almost gives like for me a vibe of like the kind of energy that we get from affirmations, right? It's like, I shouldn't have to tell myself in the mirror every morning that I am worthy of love, but mm -hmm. like it needs to be said. And like, it actually yes. does do something energetically in mm -hmm. the environment around us when we speak those words. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I applaud you. Like that was, cause I was stuck out in the, um, in the lobby. So I got mm -hmm. to watch it all through the TV and the first half of it was like quiet, but I, just like stood there and squared up and gave off the air of like, do not touch me right now. I am paying very close attention mm -hmm. to, because I was expecting more protesters. Yes. And like between the two of you, I was like, okay, maybe I can relax like a little bit. Mm. Like having grown up with, because like I say friends, it was never, it, it was few and far between inside of the school. Mm -hmm. Like outside, I had friends that really, truly accepted me. A lot of us had to play the charade because they understood what was going on. But like, I'm, I'm just really impressed by you two and like how you guys handled the town hall. Cause you guys were what first and second up. Mm -hmm. And I, Meanwhile, I was standing there, I was like, okay, I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to stay. Like, what happens if they call my name and I'm not here? But, like, I really... <laughs> mm -hmm. 
his I suddenly got intimidated because I did see the guy who was wearing the what was date from the 2024 guy after me. Oh, the um his last name was like Moffat. Um I think was it, it Love it? David Love it? Love it, yeah. It was David, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the craziest part was that he was sitting right next to somebody that I knew. So when I turned around and saw him there and the person that I knew, I was like, oh, oh no. Because I can't oh, remember no. exactly what his, what his shirt said, but you can find it if you it look. Trump, Trump 2024. Yeah. yeah. I was, and once I heard him open his mouth, this is this might sound weird, but like that was my comfortable zone. Is like, mm. I'm so used to heavy-handed like the heavy-handed rhetoric and like the backhanded rhetoric like that some people may not even realize like when they think they're dishing a compliment and then kind of slap an insult on the back end of it yep mm -hmm. like oh you're there's no way you're trans i couldn't tell fantastic, fantastic. That that's the whole point <laughs> yeah but the hormones are for wonderful get to know me a little bit more um but by the time i got up there like that was the only thing i could think about is like let's just break it down to basic biology like mm -hmm. you want to play the biology level okay mm -hmm. let's let's push it right back and by the time i walked out of there i was out there when um i don't know if you guys heard but when the lobby got silenced mm -hmm. oh because we were not we, but everybody who was on the same side as all of us, like once David started really opening his mouth, it started as one person kind of chuckling. And then once he started going, everybody else out there kind of was like doing the exact same thing that everybody inside the room was doing was just, we don't have to listen to this. Yeah. It was so powerful. And to, and you can see it in the pictures is like, I was there for the conversation that they got where the, I can't remember his name. He was in the back, but like, there's a photo where one of the uh, uh, higher authorities of town hall was trying to talk to um, a person of color. And I'm just like standing there in the trans voices matter shirt, like just squared up on this guy. Like, please say something that I can tell you you're letting the other side do. Mm. that's the perspective i'm watching it from is like okay if you want to tell us this then you have to tell them the same thing and i'm pretty sure charging up to the council is a little bit worse than me just chuckling out of sheer frustration mm -hmm. mm. yeah and thanks for naming that um anxiety that surfaced because i think like one thing that it gets like left out of the conversation about like activism in general, whether it's like making phone calls to your legislators or like talking to other people about issues or um, even like trying to research like what's on the ballot. Right. And like what to vote for. I think there's so much shit. Like there's just so much shit around it and like, it causes a lot of anxiety and tension and like uncertainty. And I think especially in, in it, I mean, in our situation was visceral, right? Like there's like yeah. hundreds of us and like 
a couple of folks who probably want us dead. Um, mm-hmm. And but like even still, like in all situations, when it comes to pushing for power, like building our power, asserting our right to that power, like to self-determination, to come together in this way, like there is anxiety that comes with it. And for different folks, it manifests at different times. But I think like just giving a name to that and then also like having the wherewithal and awareness to like sit through it and then like get to the other side of it so that you could show up still and that there is another side of it. I think so many of us are like so uncomfortable with that anxiety that we like, that is enough to send us running. Um, And to be able to sit through that and like ground enough to stay present. And even then to be able to go up and speak in front of folks after experiencing that is like, just something I want everyone to be able to like tap into. Yeah, of course. Um, I would love to say to Max that your speech was super inspiring to me because, uh, and to my partner as well, uh, who's trans mask, because they were just like, yeah. whatever you were speaking, <laughs> when you were speaking, I saw them in you. I was like, that's, that's like my boyfriend trying to say what he's trying to say right there. Like your voice was heard throughout that room. So, so well. And I was super inspired by your speech um, because you went up there and you're like, this is who I am. This is what I deal with every day. And I was like, yes, yes, King speak, because that was exactly (laughs) how my boyfriend felt. And afterwards, my boyfriend went to me and was just like, the person who spoke, which he was talking about you, Max, that was so affirming for him that it made him feel so much more comfortable to be in that room because he felt so alone in that room, even though there were people surrounded with allies whenever he didn't know like oh god how many people are going to be against this like unfortunately it felt like we were clocking people through the door like okay are you like appearing in a suit are you rich and white like what what's going on here and (laughs) it felt like we were clocking people almost having Mm -hmm. to walk into that town hall to give them the slip with all of my personal information while looking over my shoulder and the room is full of police officers Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, full of <laughs> Talk oh about God. anxiety. Is like, it would take y'all 30 seconds to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. like, for context, too, for people listening, like, why was the room full of police officers? They were doing a really sweet canine memorial right before public comment for one of the canines that had passed on um, that worked with the police department. So when you first walked into this huge meeting that was packed and crowded, half of the room was reserved for all police officers. And then they gave this really emotional speech and, and really, like, it had me in tears about his dog and then they leave and then the room fills up again. And now we're going through emotion number two. Like <laughs> it was pretty intense. Yeah. I can't remember if it was our group chat or if it was a different group chat that I was in that night uh, where someone was like, I was like on my way and they're like, there are so many cops here and they didn't give any of the other com- like context. And I was just like, Oh like it is going down at this town hall tonight um antifa in the house like um listen if i would have gotten that text i would have so we were living to get that text i would have flashed back to what was going on in Asheville just a couple of years ago 
of like, like in the, the uprisings 2020 the, the quote-unquote riots mm-hmm. the protest turned riot because we were living in silva we went to waynesville because we heard about the protest that was happening and by the end of it i realized there were more there were more police officers rolling in and i recognized the tactics of it and just kind of went we should leave and then i saw somebody running with a case of water in waynesville i was like what's going on and they're like i'm going to Asheville. they're using tear gas Mm -hmm. so we blew um like we went over and by the time if you are from this area by the time you get off at 240 to take the Patton avenue exit i could smell the gas yeah through my closed up vehicle so like to go and do that first aid like if i had gotten that text i would have been like oh this is what we're walking into at 5 30 on a monday afternoon in waynesville um, i was like oh yeah i want to be respectful of our time so i don't want to keep us too much longer and i just want to like paint a picture of when we say that this town hall happened it was a random town hall mm-hmm. the issue that we care about that like this facebook post the rumor the violence wasn't even on the agenda Mm-mm. and we just heard more or less that they were they being like the extremist transphobes were planning to be present and we being like the general public (laughs) um and like it literally i heard about i was literally added to the woke waynesville facebook group because of the response that like was being coordinated like all i wasn't previously even like a part of that group like it was literally like like i was like oh shit like we've got to organize this Artie was like, are you in this group? There's organizing happening. I'm adding you to it. And like one thing led to another and then the town hall happened. And like, I just want the listeners to understand like it literally was bodies like Max described being in the lobby. So there it was full capacity in the actual room, the courtroom. The lobby was full and people were lined down the stairs like to the entrance like hundreds of people and all but what two five five actually i think because i was out on the corner i started to recognize the people moving and be i was standing so it's a two like two-story building and there was glass like the big the big windows in the front so i could stare Mm -hmm. at the street corner i was able to watch nc equality trying to pull people in direct them to where they wanted to go um again kind of clocking at the door of like are you going to be helpful or hurtful? Um, so I would watch, and I think I counted about nine-ish people that got up and left because of how many of us there were. Mm-hmm. So to stand on that corner and, like, I could see down the stairwell. There there were people that were standing down at the first level. Mm-hmm. I think we got hollered at a couple times that we needed to make a te- like a technical fire escape down the stairwell. That's funny. Uh, yeah. And this was like, and then he like, you told your story first. You and I were in like a group chat where people were literally like, we were literally 
like supporting each other and prepping oh before the town hall. Like, oh, you yes. have a story you want to tell. Like, do you want us to like proofread it? Like, and none of us, like you said, like none of us knew each other before. No. I mean, I kind of knew your wife, Max, kind of like yeah. the virtual ether, but otherwise like all of us literally was like, I get chills, Ugh. Uh, just came together autonomously, like an organism, right? Like we were just working together to keep each other alive and cared mm -hmm. for as it mm -hmm. absolutely should be. And it was, I think you use the word powerful hill and like, that's exactly what it was. And then to hear people yeah. speak up and to hear people come approach their comments from like all of the different perspectives, some of them never having given a public comment before, most probably never having given a public comment before, folks who were allies who were like lived experiences and like just like this is what like community should look like like this is what self-governance should look like and I'm so I've been organizing in Western North Carolina since 2012 and I have more experience working and organizing with volunteer groups of like old white retirees <laughs> than <laughs> anyone else and this is literally hands down the biggest most self-led group of young folks who are just like doing the fucking work and like making it happen and doing what brings joy and not just like out of a crisis like beyond so the town hall happened and then we're like okay well like we showed up we showed out and then like beyond that like taking it to the next step of like okay now how do we control the narrative with like the Haywood butt prints and respond to like the lies that are being spread how do we um, bring like joy through our community events and gatherings and like how do we educate people and like remove the barriers to community that have been set up on purpose mm -hmm. it's so powerful and it's just so inspiring 100%. I think I agree. It's, it's just been crazy of like how it showed me another perspective of like how deep things can run of like oh I'm not alone in this because <sighs> I like you, Hill. Like I, even though my graduating class was bigger, like I, my circle felt like that five. Yeah. Of like, oh shit. So now to see this many people who who do care and just want like basic fucking rights. Um, I'm sorry. Can I cuss on here? Oh yeah, I've been <laughs> yes. Fine. But like, it's at the end of the day, like we're not asking for. A whole lot here like i just got hit with a reality check today sorry for the complete side tangent but like a, another trans guy like a trans guy that i follow he's a runner and he just got contacted by the athletic doping association that unless he can prove why he's taking testosterone he's not allowed to run in the chicago marathon in nine days as a man oh no because somebody record like reported him being on testosterone and mm -hmm. like my goal is to qualify for the Boston Marathon. So, like, I'm in that same situation of, like, I could, but all it takes is one person saying something and, like, oh, I lose the ability to run competitively ever again. Mm -hmm. mm. So, it's, like, if we get to where, like, the state level is, even after, hopefully, potentially, everything cools down in a way... And then being able to move to bigger communities, like you take it to the state level and it's like, oh, this is going to come from both ends 
and end tragically if we don't fix this. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that feeling of like if you can't fix if you can't try to fix it for a small tight knit community who just wants the basics, then there's no hope for the ones that you want to try to pull up out of the trenches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where it starts. It's like the state level politics, the national level politics are kind of like the higher education of politics. It's like you don't send someone straight to like graduate school if they, you know, are a 10 year old who is still in in basic right. math, right? Like, and that's, it, it's like the same, it's all kind of fractal. It's like what we implement here at home is what we are implementing on this. Like it results in the, like what's happening on the state and national level. That's literally the Tea Party is what, th- that's what happened. It's like they started mm-hmm. in local office, like Mark Pless, they ran for state government, they won. They, I like, I remember, you're just a little baby, Max, but I am, um, me and Hill are the grandmas on this call. I'm only five years grandparents. And um, (laughs) as the the grandparents here, Hill, you might remember when they were like attaching in the state legislature of North Carolina, like like literally anti-abortion laws to like motorcycle safety bills. Like it wasn't even about abortion and it shut down all but one clinic in the state. Like, and this is like when I was, yeah. And, um, so just thinking about that and then Trump won after that, like that was the trajectory that gave us the rise of Trump. It didn't just happen overnight. And the same is true for our vision, right? Like it is not just going to happen overnight. We cannot. And God, I think everyone on this call can agree anyways, that like Joe Biden was never going to save us. And we never expected that. But, no. um, but like even looking to like Bernie himself, right, like could run and win and being one person amongst this giant organism, like Bernie cannot like save the whole organism, right? Like the, we are still going to have these local governments, these state governments, et cetera, mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. their bullshit. And so like we have to exactly what you were saying, Max, like we have to get how can we change what's happening on a national level, on a state level, if we're not changing what's happening on a local level. And I have a vision of like I, my hope is that this group of folks who are coming together and organizing, it's like I really want to see like these folks like running for town office, for county office, like in 2024, 2025. So that like we are actively that we're not just like combating the shit that they're throwing at us, but that we're like oh, you were scared of us speaking up at a town hall. Like, well, how about this? What if we're running the fucking town hall? Like, mm-hmm. how do you yeah. feel about that? And like, I think if we can like go into looking at things like running for office the same way that we looked at this town hall experience, like if we can just say like, okay, let's figure it out. Like we will work together. We'll proofread each other's stuff. We'll like lean on the resources and none of us has to be the prepared person like none of us has to be an expert at this but we work together mm-hmm. to create like this path together like i think if we can do that that we actually can like really make it to where no one has to go to Asheville to feel safe yeah. ever again right mm-hmm. like that's the reason why i moved to Asheville was i needed to get out from underneath the Kaluwi the Kaluwi curse If you're a Western student, you know about it. If you don't think you know about it, think about every bad thing that happened. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) 
is like all it feels like those life altering moments always happen when you're at Western. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> I completely agree with that statement. I think it's really important that we do start running for office too, and that we start supporting each other that do decide to run for office. Like that's the next step, right? With this organizing. Um, it, it's going to be not overnight, but I think that's a good long-term goal. Yeah. And do it in a way that makes it fun, right? Like I, what I love about our group is that we're not just like, okay, like let's go knock on doors and like talk to voters and like register voters. We're like, no, let's like get together, have an art build and like make art yeah. about the elections and the candidates that like draws attention. Let's come together. Let's have a solstice gap. Let's have like a, um, an equinox gathering let's like do these things and at the same time let's make it fun like let's start a low-key gossip column that like spills the tea on what i think really was the end game of speaking of local politics and how it all starts as this like very small thing i think the end game of this um rumor being spread uh was really because one detail I want to add to the story is that so Jess Scott posted it and then exactly seven days later it started getting copied and pasted and shared by other people on Facebook and it was like a very um underhanded orchestrated in my opinion uh event that took place and that's really when it started like spreading like wildfire is when Mm -hmm. those folks like started copying and pasting it in a way that made it appear as if it was like multiple people having this experience Mm -hmm. and i think the end game was to incite enough fear because hell yeah if harvey weinstein walks into the women's locker room i'm gonna like fuck his ass up right you know like um i think to incite enough fear of the unknown and anger to like ahead of excuse me the municipal elections to get to like rally support for the folks we're calling the slate of hate they call themselves team waynesville who is like these alt-right fucks who are running for the town board um like i think their thought was like oh what we'll do is like none of these antifa marxists leftists are going to show up for local elections because they don't actually show up they only protest and like throw their fits like that's how they see us right they're like so they're not going to show up for elections what we're going to do is we're going to piss off and like rally and rile up all of the like church folks about Mm -hmm. this issue ahead Mm -hmm. of the elections and we are going to win the town board and then what we're going to do is in 2024 when county elections are up we're going to win the county board and then we're going to win the state right like and i think that was really the end game here and so like beyond just running for office thinking about like how like yeah yeah, exactly that that is the long-term goal hill because the long-term goal is actually like building power right like it's not like a temporary victory like a one-time thing it's like changing culture (laughs) Mm -hmm. 100% agree I I think that you were speaking total truth so preach (laughs) I get on my soapbox hey get on that soapbox somebody's got to do it (laughs) my um ADHD tangents they can they like to take the mic and take uh just go I was trying to get the the thought together of like it's my existence if it pisses you off you should reevaluate because i am doing absolutely nothing like if 
the best way I could, the best analogy I could think of it is like if you have a reactive dog, seen as Team Waynesville. Okay. Team Waynesville will react, and everybody swears that they're friendly. But the second that another dog comes running up onto them, they start screaming and yelling and getting oh, all man. viscerally violent. And you're like, what, what's the matter? Well, it's the same equivalent of like me running up to another adult and being like, you must fucking accept me or I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> then like, yes, you can have that violent reaction because I'm, I'm encroaching your bubble. But if I'm like just walking by you to put on a bathing suit, to mm -hmm. rinse off before I get in the pool because maybe I don't want to be gross. Um, like, whatever the interaction is that makes you so viscerally mad that I'm not doing anything to you except proving to you that I exist, which invalidates your entire argument. It's like, just, I want you to be on the boat of not caring yeah. if that's where you need to be. Not caring is acceptance because you just accept that it's happening. Mm -hmm. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> and a lot of times these people like Team Waynesville, they would not care about like, any of these issues like if it was within their family right if they had a trans person that was their daughter or their son or whatever it, it, it would be completely different for them they would lose their shit like mm -hmm. it is just mind-blowing to me and like even going back to the town hall just the amount of support that was given to the lgbtqia plus community and the one person that spoke against it was a raging lunatic was screaming how transgenderism isn't real and y'all are mentally ill and y'all need help and therapy and well yeah because look at you look at look at what we have to deal with of course we have to have help and therapy because look at what you're doing you're screaming and acting like an insane man it makes me think of that phrase of like, we have to get therapy because you don't go to therapy, my exactly. friend. Exactly. Like, uh, if. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we wrap up, is there anything that like, imagine your 16 year old selves, respectively, are listening to this somewhere in a parallel dimension? Um, is there anything that you would want your little 16-year-old self to hear? I'll let Max go first. It it's so hard that you bring that up because like I'm con like I got started on inner child work and then after having left that therapist, like have still tried to sit with it. So these are like regular conversations. <laughs> um as they should be, in my opinion. They should be. But it is hard sometimes, yeah. especially if that teenager is usually very angry. Um, and like, it's not anger because it's anger. It's anger because it's hurt. Mm. And it's, you'll find your family. Mm. It may not be the family that you want it to be. We all have that family member. We want it to be, even though we know how bad it is for us, but it's, the family that you realize you carve out space for and having that respect of I am giving space within myself for you to be in my family and being met with their version of that as long as it's healthy. Mm -hmm. So even though, you know, if you read 
Haywood butt prints and only take away that it's just a gossip column. <laughs> we've always had, we've always had gossip columns. They've just been called different names. It's, it's reminding people that there are communities that see how bad it is and we get it. And to find more than what we had at our respective 16-year-old selves, mm -hmm. why not pour that back in, especially when it gets better, could put, like could feel like a lie. Like I said, like fighting bathrooms at 16, and now I have to question the validity of doing a sport or that there's a testosterone shortage nationally, Hill. So if your partner mm -hmm. freaks out, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. We are all experiencing it. They are not alone of like, that is fear. That's fear mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. um, but you'll, you can always find those people. It just depends how much you're like, it, it depends on how much you're willing to give. Mm -hmm. Really just want to thank you for sharing that Max it made me think of this like um another like example of this like fractal relationship between like how we um like you were saying like that is fear and like these shortages are happening and like the the fractal relationship between the self and the whole and how our personal healing journeys from trauma are like very non-linear, right? And like yeah. we often are posed with a situation that seems almost identical many times um, as we are learning the lesson of whatever it is that that situation is teaching us. And um, often it can seem like we like aren't healing because it's like, damn, why I was doing so much better. Like, why am I back here again? I thought mm -hmm. I was past this. Right. And I think, you know, I talk, actually, I don't think I know. I talk a lot in my own therapy about like the upward facing spiral where it's like hiking a mountain. And like, if anyone has hiked a mountain, you know, like you don't just fucking straight line it up the side. Right. You, like, oh, yeah. You're looping around and around as you climb that elevation. And it's like, Sometimes it can feel like, oh my God, I have not moved up this. I have, I'm in the same place. But then you look and you can actually see like the trail below you that you like were at two hours ago or whatever. Right. Um, and it's like, I think about as you're describing, like at 16, you were having to fight for these things and now we're here too. And like, it sucks. And it's like, and like, it's a reflection almost of like the, patience and compassion and grace that we have to show for ourselves in our own healing journey, like as a collective and like how we have to keep showing up to it, right? Like how we can't like give up on the healing work just because it's like, damn, feels like I'm back here again. Well, I guess that's it. Like I'll just succumb to the shadow self and live my life in a fetal position in this corner for the rest of mm -hmm. forever. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, no, like we, we face it again and we show up and we, um, we make these like micro adjustments and, and find our family and like learn how to be receptive. And um, I just really appreciate that and uh, wanted to lift that up. Thank you. Hill, 
What about you, your 16-year-old self? Oh, man. I I will probably go on a small tangent here. Please um, do. Someone else I needs have, to do it. <laughs> I have been in therapy for so many years because, unfortunately, when I was nine, I was diagnosed with clinical depression due to my mom's disease. Like, she was given two years to live when I was seven. It was just a really difficult time for me growing up. And then also coming out as, you know, gay at 16. It's like, I would definitely tell my younger self that it is not a choice that like why would I choose the harder route in life when I could have been straight when I could have been like monogamous when I could have been you know this thing that's the quote-unquote easier path because that's more socially accepted um no that's not who I am I would not be happy as that and um it's just for me telling my 16 year old self I would tell them that, yes, you're going to do better. You're not going to be threatened with murder anymore uh, in the sense that I was when I was 16 and it was so scary. I was chased through a camp, like a campground area. It was, it was really rough. Um, I've grown up with a lot of trauma and hatred with uh, people who just dislike me for existing. And you're still going to be people that dislike you, Hill, is what I would tell myself. Like, there's still going to be people who are going to chase you in a campground, given the chance. But you have the power to change that now. And with the... And, and I would tell myself, like, I really wanted to mention the three anti-trans right bills that came up. Um, only because, like, even though we fight and we fight and we fight, sometimes there might be a losing battle, but we can fight against it again. Like uh, early in August, there was a ban on doctors providing gender affirming care for minors, a ban on trans girls and women in women's sports, and a ban on K-4 teachers discussing gender identity and sexual orientation for the listeners um, who, are not, who might not be aware that those were passed in early August for North Carolina. Um, but even though Little Hill would look at those and be like, but did we make progress? Like, this is still going on. Yes, honey, we have made so much progress. You are you are not scared to hold your partner's hand whenever you um, leave. You're not scared to speak at a town hall about transgender rights. You're not scared to go on to interviews or podcasts talking about transphobia in Western North Carolina. Like, you are making small changes and you are going to continue fighting for this and helping other people, especially your partners, the ones you love, your family. Um, that's what I would tell Little Hill if I was back at 16. Like, yes, you're still fighting for these things, but there has been progress. There will continue to be progress um, because the only way back, like the only other option is to slide backward. And we refuse to let that happen. And that was shown through the town hall to wrap that up in a nice little boat. Oh my gosh. Wow. I don't even have to close this out because he'll just, uh, that's beautiful. Um, gorgeous. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate, I think, um, what you were saying about like the people are still going to hate you. Yes. And I think what has changed for me in that regard in particular, the reason that resonated is that like, now I realize how powerful that makes me. I'm like, mm -hmm. Going back to what you were even saying, Max, about like, oh, yeah. you, I caused this big of a reaction by merely <laughs> taking up space on the earth. I must be powerful as fuck. Like, <laughs> and just like leaning into that. And I hope your 16 year old self in the parallel universe is receiving and leaning in. Um, mm -hmm. Like, right, you yeah. don't have to be nice. You don't have to be nice. Exactly. You can be kind. You don't have to be nice. Exactly. Oh. 
Yeah. And being standing firm is kind, right? Like being true and authentic, that is kind. Mm -hmm. If folks want to find you or keep up with your work or support you, is there anything you want to share about how they can do that or anything that you want to lift up? Uh, I was going to say this doesn't have to be an answer that gets promoted, but I am going to start doing drag soon. So <gasps> yeah, I am yeah. Plainsville, so for when my drag mother and I coordinate my availability. Oh my gosh. We'll amplify you on the Instagram too. So the whole Appalachian region stay tuned for Max's drag debut. I don't know when that's going to be. I didn't touch makeup any time before I started transitioning. And so now I'm 25 years old, never have touched makeup, now trying to learn makeup. Oh, that's the best. It comes full circle, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, but it's fun because since I just see my gender as a joke, me doing makeup is a joke, all of it is a joke. <laughs> and like doing drag in that way is the most acceptable way to do it. Like, yes. why not? It's all a joke. <laughs> Maybe that's what 16 year old me really needed. It was just a reminder that this is all joke <laughs> like what's a very cruel past, joke but it is nonetheless it is a very cruel joke but like if we can get people past like that initial barrier and you break down that construct to what it really is and you just go don't suck <laughs> <laughs> if you don't suck we can all be happy <laughs> yes so what about you anything that you want folks to know about yeah, so um, on the side is like a hobby. I actually cosplay. Um, so Sewing Senpai Cosplay is my handle. And I do cross-playing, which is known as dressing as like, quote-unquote, another gender. I appear female-identifying to a lot of people, especially because of my line of work and hospitality. Um, but I love dressing up as big, burly men <laughs> doing, um, like cosplays of that and uh i have them all on my website and i'm hopefully going to get back into that hobby soon so looking forward to uh carlac from baldur's gate 3 should be my next one so very excited oh my oh, god chelsea looks excited <laughs> i love that for you me and my partner um celebrated his what was it i think it was it was either 29th or 30th um birthday at dragon con it was many and era ago but um i just, and then you know pandemic hit and so it's been a very long time i hope that you're able to return to that soon yes of course i love running panels and doing things like that and inspiring other people to be themselves because it's like we've got all this stuff going on politically yes and they affect our lives yes but it's also really nice because you can also have politics with the cosplay as well like there's a lot of things that change all the time and a lot of rules that come with it and there are a ton of lgbtqia plus people that cosplay um that is where i found my community through uh a long time ago back in like 2012 so it's, we it's are good. the same person cosplay <laughs> is how i figured out i was trans i know we we are in different we are running the same circles a hundred percent and that's how i found out i was non-binary as well like dressing up as a man made me feel so good when people would call me sir when people would like, you know, have to double take me going into the bathroom, like things like that were just, it gave me such a good feeling that I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm definitely not here. Um, so I think cosplay is a huge self expression.
Thanks y'all for tuning in to today's episode and the newest season of Rednecks Rising podcast. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. I hope to be back with y'all next week with another episode. Don't forget to check out the Ko-Fi and social media pages if you liked what you heard today and take a look at the show notes for today's episode to check out links to news articles, resources, and more information on the things that we talked about. And if you or someone you know has a story that you want to share, or if you're doing good work on the ground in Appalachia for our people or our planet, make sure to give us a holler so that we can get you on the show. You can reach us on social media or at rednextrising at gmail.com. Y'all take care now, you hear? <laughs>